It's the High School Football Show with John Quintero. Brought to you by Lolita, San Diego's best Mexican food since 1984. Now huddle up. Here's the coach, John Quintero, on 97.3 The Fan. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. Great to have you aboard again. Uh, now a two-hour show opposed to the one-hour show. We'll be with you until 11 o'clock. We're going to get to phone calls tonight as well. And again, tomorrow night, the final uh, regular season Friday night of uh, high school football. It's been a rather interesting season, to say the least, with the early uh, start in August. And uh, can't believe uh, tomorrow night's the final uh, regular season games. But they'll have the seating meeting on Saturday. And a week from tomorrow night, we'll get the playoffs underway. And a gentleman that's going to be in the playoffs, but this team's going to try to win a league title outright tomorrow night and then worry about the seedings on Saturday morning. And that's the head coach in his fifth year at Torrey Pines High. Coach Ron Gladnick joins us. Coach, welcome to the program tonight. How you doing? Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Oh, great to have you. We kind of uh, circled on our calendar. We wanted to have you on the week of the Torrey Pines-Lacosta game. We had Coach Sovacool on uh, earlier in the year, and we figured we'd uh, save one of those coaches for the big matchup tomorrow night, and uh, uh, it is a big matchup. Uh, could you talk a little bit, Ron? This will be your uh, fifth go-around. I know you played them twice last year, but your fifth regular season uh, game against Lacosta Canyon. What's it like around uh, the Torrey Pines campus, uh, uh, Lacosta? the Canyon Maverick week? Uh, it's pretty exciting. You know, most of these kids, I think, who play on both sides of the game have known each other, you know, through Pop Warner. And, you know, our schools are 12 miles apart. It's, uh, you know, it's pretty intense rivalry. Uh, everyone looks forward to it. You know, our seniors have talked to us all week about it's the game they've always circled on their calendar. You know, to be a senior and get an opportunity to play your big rival the last regular game of the year we're we're obviously very excited as i'm sure they are as well you know, I want to go back uh, a couple of weeks ago because I was at that game uh, when the lightning struck, and uh, uh, you know, the entire Avocado League decided to uh, call it a no contest. And could you talk a little bit about what went into that? Because you know, we saw what some of the other leagues did, and, and I realized there was some extenuating circumstance with San Marcos and, and with you guys, and I'm sure with some of the other schools uh, in the Avocado League that had players not going to be there on Saturday because of recruiting trips. But we saw the South Bay uh, school play the next day we saw some games on that uh following monday but the avocado league decided to take a no contest could you talk a little bit maybe about what went on uh, between the administrators and the coaches on that yeah when you know obviously there was no protocol for handling a situation like that uh no one at the time really knew exactly what to do uh texler and i wanted to play the game in the worst way um but Saturday they had recruiting trip issues, and you know I know kids came out later and said we would cancel our recruiting trips. But you know based on the information we had Friday night, you know they had issues. I had a coordinator who had a commitment out of town on Saturday. He had one of his major assistant coaches who was committed to be out of town Saturday. Then we had talked about making up the game on Monday, and what really threw a wrench in that was. Oceanside's game against RBV went final, and RBV accepted the score as a final score at halftime. So that would have put us in a position where we would have played the game on Monday, Oceanside would have a full week to prepare for Torrey Pines, and San Marcos was playing, I believe, Westview the next week. Uh-huh. So, you know, it was kind of a dynamic where, you know, one of the things that's different about the Avocado League than maybe some other leagues is every single, no matter the score, no matter what happens, 
every game is very physical. Um, every game, you know, most of the games are extremely competitive. And, you know, we just couldn't pull all the parts and pieces together. And that's when they made a decision as a league that the whole league would go non, no contest for those games. But it's, you know, in reality, it's the last thing we wanted to happen. You know, I wanted to ask you about, the, and, you know, I've talked to a lot of the coaches this year, uh, and there are a lot of things to talk about in football. You know, there, there's numbers are down in some of the programs. We've seen teams take forfeits, uh, the early start uh, in August because of state playoffs, the open division going from eight to four. I mean, there's so many things to, to talk about, but I wanted to get your thoughts uh, a little bit on, on the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I'm not one that likes to see two and eight or one and nine teams in the playoffs, and by dropping it from eight down to four, it's going to push four teams down into Division One, eliminate some teams, or push them down to Division Two. and I think it's going to really make the other divisions, I would certainly hope, a little bit more competitive, but how do you feel about the four teams in the open division? You know, I personally like it. If you, if you said to me you could have eight or four, I would take four. Um, for all the reasons you just stated, it it, uh, it makes Division One a much more competitive division. Four of the best teams in the county are not out of the playoffs on the first night anymore because they're competing in the Division One playoffs. Um, you know, no system is perfect, um, and one of the things I appreciate about the CIF in this regard is I think they've tried to modify and continue to work to make a playoff system that's equitable and fair for everyone. Um, You know, and having said that, you know, we're not like Texas where you take all the (laughs) private schools and put them in one league and all the public schools in another. You know, so we still deal with a lot of different dynamics, you know, within our system. But I think we're closer to having a system that works for San Diego right now than we've had with an eight-team open division, personally. We're visiting with Ron Gladnick, the head football coach at Torrey Pines, our guest here on the high school football show on 97.3 The Fan. Um, you know, I know Cathedral's been a nice rival uh, of Torrey Pines. You guys haven't played the last few years, but, you know, one of the things that kind of griped me a little bit last week and. and you know, I guess I'm just old school. I like the old eyeball test when I evaluate players and teams and who should be where. But, you know, Cathedral, you know, they wanted to play last week, and they ended up having to take a forfeit win from Lincoln. And I thought it was really interesting in however they do the algorithms and, you know, with these computers, where Cathedral actually got dinged for getting a forfeit win, yet Lincoln, who took the forfeit, they ended up, gaining points on it that doesn't seem to be fair to me well and i think number one i don't even understand how the whole thing works <laughs> so if you said to me what is the magic max preps formula you know we're trying to go one and oh every week and wherever, wherever that takes us at the end it takes us and i'll worry about it you know when we get there um i do know the little bit i know about that the algorithm or whatever I believe a forfeit goes in as a 2-0 score. So Cathedral didn't have the benefit of playing the game and scoring points and doing the things that you would normally do. So in that regard, they were hurt because they only got credit for a two-point victory, which, you know, I, I don't think is fair to Cathedral. You know, so, but, but again, no system is going to be perfect and and there's going to be glitches, you know, 
in every system in in 2016 when we won the avocado we were the eighth ranked team in the open we would have and the cif at the time flopped valhalla and mission hill so we couldn't you know jump over mission hills into the sixth spot you know so that we had an opportunity to play someone else you know beside an incredibly loaded cathedral team in the first round of the playoffs at the time i wasn't happy about it but that's the system you know and all we can do is the best we can do you know in the circumstances we find ourselves in so you know it's frustrating when the system doesn't work perfectly but I don't know that there's any system that does. I don't think there is. Hey, uh, let, let's talk about a couple of your players. Uh, a guy that I've gotten to know over the last three years uh, a little bit and spent some time with him actually after that lightning game that night because I was down uh, doing some stuff with Paul Rudy, and that's Mac Bingham. Uh, boy, I don't, I don't know if you can find a nicer young man and a more talented young guy. I mean, not only is he a great high school football player, he's got a scholarship to play baseball at USC. and just uh, he, he, He's really the all-American boy, isn't he? Yeah, and he's he's a humble kid. He always wants to highlight his teammates first, um, and he's a guy who is wants to just play football, even though baseball is his primary sport. Because he wants to have a high school experience. He loves football. He loves the change and the different tone and tenor of football from baseball. You know, we we're just thrilled with him as a young man and. You know, I, I can't wait to see what he becomes as a baseball player because, you know, I know, John, you really follow baseball player. There there aren't many kids who have bat speed and, you know, range and all the things that Mac Bingham has. I mean, I've seen him hit a ball to Delmar Heights Road <laughs> over the eucalyptus trees. I mean, it's unbelievable. And uh, that explosiveness you see, you know, in his bat speed and baseball, he, you know, you see on the football field as well. He's just you know, he's he's in a public high school. He's a once every seven, eight, nine, ten year kind of athlete that you're fortunate enough to have. I think that's a great call. Uh, let's talk about uh, your left tackle. Uh, this guy's had a really nice career, Tory Pines, and that's Brian uh, Driscoll. I know he's uh, committed to Cal. Could you talk a little bit about him and really kind of talk about that offensive line? Because I remember going up uh, in the spring, I was going up to a baseball playoff game, and I stood uh, above um, Falcon Stadium there, and I watched the offensive line work, and I told a couple of people after I just watched them go through drills, I go, boy, Tory Pines is going to be pretty good next year because I, I like the way that offensive line was working and you got uh i think uh, you and helix may have uh in cathedral may have the three best offensive lines in this county yeah and I, you know and i would agree and i you know i'm a big believer as your offensive and defensive line goes so goes your program and you know we've been blessed josh feely is our strength and conditioning coach and you know you take a kid like brian who was 230 pounds early and you know, Josh has built him into a kid who's 295 and athletic. You know, in our heavy package and buck sweep, we use him as a pulling guard now. Hmm. And, you know, he's able to run and move. And he's just had, you know, when you look at a kid going into his senior year and, you know, you set certain goals and objectives for yourself, you know, to be a young man, to live up to every one of those goals and objectives and to, you know, dominate the way Brian has dominated every Friday night. I mean, literally there's seven, eight, nine, ten pancakes a game, you know, where he's just driving somebody ten yards down the field. And, you know, we're we're really happy for him. He's we think he's gonna have a great career at Cal and 
you know, just have been very, very fortunate. He's a 4.2, 33 ACT kind of kid, you know, just does everything right. You guys, uh, everybody talks about, you know, running the, the wing tee and scoring points. And you had 71 the last week, which I, uh, since I played at Torrey Pines in 74, I believe that was a school record for the most points ever in a Torrey Pines game that I can recall. Uh, but you guys have played some good defense. Could you maybe highlight a couple of your key uh, uh, seniors on defense? Yeah, I mean, uh, Luke Mikulajewski is a starting corner for us. He also starts in our offense as well. Um, Grant Anderson, our inside linebacker, um, has had a phenomenal junior season. He started for us as a sophomore last year. Uh, Seth Carpenter and Leo Spidell on our defensive line. And then we have two exceptional sophomores, um, Marco Notoriani, Outside linebacker, he's 6'3", 195, you know, is going to be an incredible football player. And a kid named Dewey Egan, our defensive end, he's 6'4", 235. He started on our lacrosse team as a freshman, as an attackman, hmm. to give you an idea of the kind of athleticism he has at his size. You know, and we believe Dewey and Marco will both be kids as juniors who probably start to get their first, you know, significant college offers. Um so, you know, we're really, our, our defense doesn't have a star. You know, we, we just try to play fundamentally sound, good, solid defense, make you earn it. You know, we just have a great group of kids who love to play together. Well, we're looking forward to coming out and calling the ball game tomorrow night. I certainly appreciate the time. Uh, good luck, and uh, uh, not only good luck tomorrow night, but good luck on what goes on uh, Saturday with the seeding meetings as well, and I'm sure we'll see you soon. John and uh, Braden, thank you for having me. Uh, appreciate everything you guys are doing for high school sports. Good luck, Coach. Thanks again. All right, take care. There you go. Ron Gladnick, the head football coach at Torrey Pines, joining us on the high school football show. Again, if you just tuned in, we're going to 11 o'clock tonight. We're going to get out to phone calls, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. And, you know, one thing uh, we were going to bring up later, but since we were talking about Mac Bingham, how about last week in the Torrey Pines win over Oceanside, 71-41. to You talk about going up and down the field, Mac uh, Bingham, 306 yards rushing, eight touchdowns, which tied a county record, and then uh, just for good measure, he had a two-point conversion. He had 50 points last Friday night, and the 50 points uh, is also ties a uh, uh, county record. So uh, Mac Bingham, a great guy, uh, a center fielder in baseball, was uh, one of their key players last year when Torrey Pines won the Open Division CIF baseball title, and they should be uh, pretty competitive again uh, this year if they get a little pitching. Uh, Hitting-wise and defense, they had to be pretty good, but Mac Bingham uh, he uh, he committed, uh, and of course I'll be signing here uh, shortly on November 14th. He can sign with USC, but he committed to the Trojans in baseball before he ever played a varsity game his uh, sophomore year at Torrey. He's he's that good an athlete and just a marvelous young man. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we're going to take a look at uh, tomorrow night's matchups in the Palomar League, the Avocado League, and the Valley League. The veteran from the Union Tribune, great prep writer John Maffey on his way to coach uh, to join uh, Coach John Cantera right here on the High School Football Show on 97.3 The Fan. Hey, sports fans, Rich Rare from 